The first reading is taken from the book of Acts, beginning with the sixth chapter. Now in those days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicolaus, proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and, number, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of the Cyrenians, and of the Alexandrians, and of those from Cilicia and Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. And Stephen said, You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You, who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. Now when they heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. But he was full of the Holy Spirit. He gazed into the heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold the sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. The epistle reading is taken upside. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle reading is taken from 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning with the second verse. Like newborn, newborn infants, Long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, 
if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobeyed the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you are, were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father." 
Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. O God, you make the minds of your faithful to be of one will. Grant that we may love what you have commanded and desire what you promise. That among the many changes of this world, our hearts may be fixed where true joys are found. In Jesus we pray. Amen. So here we are, this fifth Sunday in Easter. We have these scripture readings, wonderful as they are. And you know how great it is when scripture fills in you know, the answers to questions that we've often wondered, right? I mean, after all, Jesus' disciples in the gospel today, you know, they ask the kind of questions that we would. When Jesus says, well, he's going to the Father and we know the way, we'd go, um, wait, I missed something. You know, that there's something else to know. And so Jesus always wants us to know what the truth is. You know, many times that there are terms that we use that people outside of our community may not know well. I mean, in our catechism lesson today, we had justification. Well, I mean, for some people, justification means that you had a reason for what you were doing. But that's not what we meant by justification. That we are made right by God, not by what we do, but by what God has done in Jesus. So you and I, we have a different understanding because we have been told and it's been explained to us what that is. Let me tell you, um, on my sabbatical, Dolores and I were privileged to go to the Vatican Museum in Rome. And we got to see all these fabulous paintings and mosaics, tapestries, statues. And you know, you kind of wander and you go, well, that's a statue. That's a statue. And after a while, it's just like, well, there's another statue. Because you sort of get used to seeing them. And you know, the paintings and all the wonders, it's like, okay, that's a famous painter. That was a famous painter. But what does this mean? You know, because to me, it was like, well, anybody could paint by number. You know, it's like, to me, it was just like, you know, I'm not an art person. So to me, they all looked the same. And I didn't understand what the background was. That's why we got a guide to help us that could explain the background of what we were seeing. And you know, when you got the backstory, all of a sudden, that art started coming to life for you. You got to understand what the person was trying to depict. And you know, when you got to hear about, you know, the Sistine Chapel and the guy painting it, laying on his back, painting up there on scaffolding that high, and you're like going, wow. Amazing. Imagine the paint dropping onto him as he's painting. You know, all of a sudden, the reality of what was happening, what you're seeing, made a lot more sense. The things that 
that were there made more sense with the help of a guide explaining. Now, a few weeks ago, we had Jesus on the road to Emmaus. And you remember Jesus, as he walked, he came along with two of his disciples, but they didn't recognize him. And so they walked and talked, and then they talked and walked, and they made their way that seven-mile route to Emmaus. And what was it that Jesus was doing? Relating everything in the Old Testament, the Psalms, the law, the prophets, to himself to inform them of why it was that the Christ had to die and then be raised again. And so when they got the fullness of the story and then Jesus broke the bread and what happened? All of a sudden, the realization of who they were sitting with hit them, right? God was revealed to them. And then they remembered how wonderful it had been on that road with Jesus. You know, that weren't our hearts burning within us as he related to us all those passages of God's word that applied to himself. And, you know, Jesus was their guide in that. And in fact, in our gospel reading, we find out that he is the way. How often do we kind of jump over that to get to the truth, right? But yet he is the way, and he is the one who guides and directs us in our daily walk. He's the one who helps fill in the blanks. He's the guide who, who gives us that inspiration, that light bulb moment, or as I sometimes recall it, you know, I could have had a V8 moment. You know, it's those things when God gets involved and informs us of what he is doing. And he helps us understand his direction. You know, so many times we forget that the surroundings around us have great value to people, maybe even ourselves. You know, if you go into a house of somebody who recently died and their relatives are roaming around and they're like going, well, I don't know why my mother kept this. I don't know why they kept this. Where is all this stuff from? Why did they have it yet? And pretty soon you can get overwhelmed unless someone has told you why it was they held on to this piece of paper, why it was that they kept this keepsake from a trip, why it was that they had this little teacup, why they carried that with them through this life. And unless someone has informed them, it's all going to end up at the church rummage sale. <laughs> but if it's been informed to you, then it has meaning, right? It has value. And so it is also uh, as we consider God's word for us today. We get to see the depth of the meaning that the journey of life is for you and I. That it's more than just having an itinerary of the places you want to see. Because Jesus is revealing to us along the way 
around life's journey to stay close to him, to follow him where he's leading. And only through him do we experience that fullness of life that we so crave. Now, we know that there are a lot of things in this world that try to get into our relationship with the Lord. They try to get in between us and the Lord. And some of those things can be a busy schedule. Some of those things can be, well, finding your security in other things and being with the Lord. Or sometimes it's even, yes, even this for you and I as Christians, not paying attention when Jesus says, come with me. You see, we are so apt to follow our own route. But God wants us to follow his son, wants us to know him fully and to be given the fullness of understanding of what God has done for us. So when we are on the way with Jesus, We take God's word, we read it, we apply it to our lives. We walk with him and he continues to guide us and fill us in on those things that are so important. That, you know, that teacup that we wondered what our mother had that for? Well, that's what the pastor used to baptize your great-great-grandfather. And you didn't know that. You see, all of a sudden, the things that are of value have value because of the meaning and the happenings behind them. And so you and I, we're influenced by the people around us. And so when we have a good, upright, moral person that we're looking up with and walking with, guess what? We tend to walk in the same manner as them. We try to model that which we approve of and like. And so you and I today, we have a better guide, one who has fully completed the law for us. We have a Jesus who has experienced all things human, even death, but also the resurrection. And you know, you and I as Good Friday and Easter people, we are people who understand that yes, Because of sin, death has entered the world. But thanks be to God for Jesus Christ, who is the life, who is the way, and who is the truth. And because we have Jesus, we have seen the Father who created all things. Because we have Jesus, we know that the Holy Spirit is working in us. And as we open the words of Scripture May our lives be fulfilled in meaning. And as we look at the teacups and the papers of our lives, may they reflect what we hold as most important. And that being the love of God shown to us in Jesus. We are on a journey, folks. A journey in this life. A pilgrimage, as it were. So let us follow our guide who can point out all the meanings of life and help us 
so that we understand fully the richness and the love of God, our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guide our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.